Welcome to the Lancet podcast, dated Friday, 28th of March, 2014. My name is Nikolai Humphreys. Today we publish research that concludes that public smoking bans are linked with a rapid fall in preterm births and child hospital visits for asthma. To discuss this paper further, I am joined on the line by one of the lead authors, Dr. Jasper Bean from the Maastricht University Medical Center in the Netherlands. Hello, Jasper. Hello, Nikolai. Nice to be here. Could you start by setting the scene? Where have we seen recent examples of smoke-free legislation? And seeing as you're in the Netherlands, could you talk a little bit about the situation there? Yes, certainly. Um, So in order to set the scene, I think it's important to mention the the World Health Organization Framework Convention for Tobacco Control, which has now been ratified by 177 countries. In this framework, it it says that uh, one of the Um, policies that countries should implement is 100% smoke-free laws in order to protect the population from second-hand smoke, so smoking from uh, from other people. A lot of countries have since introduced smoke-free legislation, although many of them haven't been as comprehensive as suggested by WHO. Um, Well, successful previous examples include the UK, for example, Uruguay, uh, Turkey, as, uh, they all have very comprehensive smoke-free laws. And um, an important and exciting recent addition to this is uh, Russia, which has now also said that they will implement a 100% smoke-free law as of June uh, of this year. So I think the situation is gradually improving, although there's still quite uh, uh, quite some room for improvement. And as for your your question about the Netherlands, I think this is this is important because the Dutch situation has actually been internationally criticised for its lack of comprehensiveness. And in 2004, the Dutch government introduced a, a law prohibiting smoking in uh, in the workplace, but restaurants and bars have remained exempt for many years. And uh, once they were included in the law, which wasn't very well supported by the Dutch public at that point. They initially didn't introduce any fines uh, for violation of the law, which were only introduced after a couple of months. And then there was, after some time, even a reverse of the law with smaller bars being exempt from the, from the law. So I, I think this is a, a, an, an example of how smoke-free legislation uh, is introduced in a, a non-comprehensive way. And probably as a result, you see that about 30% of bars that should actually be smoke-free uh, currently aren't in the Netherlands. And also the, the proportion of smokers that are convinced that secondhand smoke is bad for other people is, is very low in the Netherlands as compared to many other Western countries. Uh, on, on a more positive note, though, the the minister has now announced that the small bars, which have been exempt for years, will, will not be any more within the next time period. Thank you, Jasper. You paint a uh, vivid picture of what not to do with regards to smoking legislation. And we can only hope that our Russian listeners that are, um, are taking notes and do not copy the, uh, the Dutch model. Hmm. Could you describe your study and um, what research was at your disposal? So what we did is we systematically searched the medical literature and also online databases for 
studies that looked at specifically the impact of smoke-free legislation on, on child health. And um, we found 20 potentially eligible studies based on criteria that were predefined and actually also published before we started the research. And among these, we selected the 11 studies that had the, the highest quality. Um, and these included five studies in North America and six in Europe. And they covered over two and a half million births and almost 250,000 uh, hospital admissions and A&E visits for asthma. So quite a, quite a substantial body of evidence. I read in the paper, and um, you indicated in your first answer that you know other countries are coming on board with smoke-free legislation, so perhaps we'll see this number increase. But at the time of you doing the research, only 16% of the world's population was covered by comprehensive smoke-free laws, and 40% of children worldwide are regularly exposed to secondhand smoke. Now, your study is different because it focused on those children. Could you tell us a little bit more about this? True. This is this is an important point because uh, children are are frequently exposed and they are generally unable to regulate their own level of exposure as adults may be in a better way. And um, there was quite a bit of evidence already on on the impact of smoke-free legislation on adult health, uh, showing that there were reductions in in exposure to secondhand smoke, and as a result, also reductions in for example, cardiovascular disease, stroke, uh, respiratory uh, admissions. But there were only a few studies on children, and they weren't all, always pointing in the same direction, which uh, was why we thought it would be important to get a more comprehensive view of all the studies published on, um, on the impact on child health. And um, also what we found important was that we also included studies that weren't actually published in the medical literature. So we really got, think we got uh, quite a comprehensive view of, of, of the current state of knowledge on this topic. Yeah, just thinking about this now, bringing in the UK perspective, I know that there have recently been discussions about smoke-free driving, so not being able mm -hmm. to smoke in your car. Um, I don't yeah. quite know what the current state of play with that is. I think there's been resistance from, you know, I expect the tobacco lobbyists yeah. and uh, people who say that it's, you know, a, a basic human right to be able to do what you want in your car. But like mm -hmm. you, you painted it quite uh, well when you said, you know, the children, they don't have a choice in this and uh, they're obviously exposed. And that would be a place where, yeah, you'd expect, I hope that the comprehensive smoke-free legislation would maybe include smoking and driving. I don't know if you have anything to say about that, if, if, that, is, well, if that is on the cards. Well, I, I would agree. I mean, our study didn't include any studies on this specific topic because this has only been an issue for the, for the last few years but, and, and, and very recently in the UK, and, and it hasn't been implemented. Uh, but I, I do agree that this would be a, an obvious place to, to implement such a law because the levels of, of smoke uh, when someone is, is smoking in, in a car that's totally enclosed uh, are likely to be high. And also, I think the right to clean air is, is well, to me, is much more important, especially for children that, that don't have a choice, uh, than, than the right to, to smoke in a, in a car. Absolutely. That is the basic human right right there. Mm. So going back to your research, what were the main findings? So the main findings were quite spectacular, really. We found if we combined 
the results from all the studies that we included, uh, that overall, after the introduction of smoke-free legislation, uh, there was a 10% reduction in the number of preterm births, and also we saw a 10% reduction in, in uh, asthma visits to, to the hospital, so that includes A&E visits and hospital admissions for uh, asthma among children. And these, these are quite, quite impressive findings, uh, especially when you consider that both preterm birth and asthma are still increasing worldwide, and, and we, we are currently lacking effective measures to, well, to, to stop this. So I think reductions of 10% by, by a very fairly simple measure are, are quite promising. Yeah, that does sound very positive indeed. My final question, Jasper, what are the implications of your research? So, well, I think certainly when you take it together with, with the, the existing evidence of uh, the impact of smoke-free legislation on adult health, uh, I think this should urge countries worldwide to implement these laws and uh, not only implement them, but also make them uh, very comprehensive. Uh, and this is a very important message also to countries that currently have these laws but are not really enforcing them or uh, are exempting certain areas, which I think, well, at least the adult evidence points in the direction that the more comprehensive these laws are, the better the health effects are. So I think this is a very important message. Um, and also, well, as you said, exploring other possibilities of protecting pregnant women and children like enforcing bans on smoking in cars should be considered. And as a final note, I think it's important in, in general to educate your population on, on the, the impact of secondhand smoke, uh, especially on, on children, uh, so that people realize that uh, it's, it's not good to expose uh, children to secondhand smoke, for example, in, in the home environment as well, where the majority of the exposure is likely to take place. Dr. Jasper Bean, we'll uh, leave it there. Thank you very much for speaking with The Lancet. Thank you.